Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership. And let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. What do you call a fish that wears a bow tie? What do you call it? Sophisticated. (laughs) I like that one. That was a good one. Where do you get these, Jeff? (laughs) Dude, I'm in my basement in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. I got nothing else to do. Chat GPT, write me a joke. Thank you. (laughs) But I did. They came back, but you're not funny. (laughs) I said, quit talking to my kids. Dang it. Melissa has it. Friend asked me, he said, hey, my kid refuses to eat fish. Do you have any recommendations on a replacement? And I said, cats. <laughs> a cat. A cat. Cats, cats, cats like fish. At first, I thought you mean eat a cat. I'm not doing that again. <laughs> Replace, <laughs> only here, Myra, I'll, yeah. I'll speak slow. Replace your kid with a cat. Because the cats like fish. Okay. Some places in Indiana are just slower than others. I might have to just edit that one out. I just might have to. <laughs> Who holds the editing pens? Yes. <laughs> holds the power. Do we have listeners in Indiana? So uh, you can tell by listening to this group of crazy people that we are on episode three, superpowers leaders can have. Whether they have them now or not, they can be developed. So in this last iteration, we're going to talk about introspection. And before we do, I want to invite you to, of course, give us that five-star rating if that's how you feel. And also, if you think there are leadership superpowers that we haven't touched on, that you think are big deals, let us know. We'd love to hear a different point of view and broaden our horizons on what we see as being great qualities that leaders have and share. So to that point, we do talk about the DISC assessment on occasion. I'm going to talk about very briefly the 12 driving forces. And I'm mentioning this because mine came up with one of my driving forces is, you now if you're driving, if you're exercising, just stop right now because I don't want you to get hurt and blame it on me. It's going to be a shock to your system. Dr. Sam Jennings' top driving force was knowledge. I know. What? It's crazy. Yeah, no. ridiculous. And I trust the assessment. So I'm going to trust the outcome. That just makes sense. So how that is a strength and driving force. I like to know stuff. I like to find things out. I'm curious about all kinds of things. So I'm constantly wondering what else can I know about this? What don't I know so far? The other issue with the 12 driving forces is whatever your driving forces are also your debilitators. So if I need to make a decision on something, I want to go get all the information I can get on it. So instead of making a decision after reading two or three articles, I've got 50 open tabs and a great excuse not to do anything. It can be an issue. So with introspection, that is looking inward to understand what do I know? What do I feel about the situation? And one question I consistently ask is, how do I know what I know? That's 
epistemology, but we're going to stick with just the, how do I know what I know? The reason for that is I don't want to assume that I've got all the information. So the introspection is maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I don't have the data. Maybe there's more here, which isn't bad, except you can go too far and not actually make a decision. So the balancing act the leader has with introspection is understanding. I know what I know. I understand it. And at some point, bring me no more reports. I've got the information I need. Unless something is dramatically different from where we are today, I think we're okay. It's not easy. I want to turn over to my wiser colleagues and ask them, what are some times in your leadership experiences as that introspection served you well? And we can start with, who's raising their hand? Nobody. Yeah, please. Yeah, just chit chat, Interesting. It's so funny because I just got back from Los Angeles doing a training. Sorry, drop something in there. Just did a training down in Los Angeles for an organization that I just found out. I was like, huh, I wonder how much this organization is breaking in annually because they've been around for a really long time and they're a billion dollar company. And I was like, wow, it was so interesting. And one of the things that we had chatted about with the team was that ability to trust yourself so that you can trust your employees and the people that you work with. And so that trust part is developed through that introspection. And how do you know you're making a good decision? You have to look at your, your wins and losses. What did you, if you made a bad mistake, you made a, you, a poor choice in something, did you look back on that and go, what did I learn? And be willing to be brutally honest with yourself to say, yeah, I did great on that one. And that one I screwed up on. How do I make it better next time? And that just that ability right there, that introspection piece for personal growth as a human being, as a leader, as a spouse, as a whatever is vital for improvement. And so if we have that introspection, if we have that ability to, a lot of people do, but there's also a lot of people that don't. There's a lot of people that, that they need some extra additional help looking at how did things go well? How did things not go well? How do we make it better? How do we, if it's already at a hundred percent and that's all you can give, then great. You probably don't need to improve that anymore. But if it's at 50%, you go, Hey, that's got a lot of room for improvement. What do I need to do? What can I do? So I think that's for me, when I work with teams and I do that kind of stuff, that that introspection piece is usually, that's usually probably one of the largest parts of what is our role in things. How do we, because it's always a we, how do we make things the best we can possibly be? How do we encourage people? And whatever it is after that, it's it starts with us and then it stems out. So we have to be able to look at ourselves and have that honest conversation. So that introspection piece, absolutely vital for success in all realms of your humanity. And one of the things you pointed out, which was when you do make a mistake, that it's going to happen with people. We're going to mess it up at some point. Looking back and saying, what could I have done differently? What did I learn? And how do I change behavior in the future? What you didn't say that I want to make sure that every person listening can appreciate, you didn't say, I'm bad at this, or I was a horrible person, or there was no degradation. It was just, yeah, there was a decision I made. It didn't go well. Let's think on it and do better next time. So that was great points. You know what? I'm feeling a little bit light. I need more Jeffs in my life. So how about them? Like we have the point of view, <laughs> Portfolio. Mm-hmm. Little and, Jeff and, Light. And I've talked about this before. To me, it's about humility is knowing 
what you're good at and what you aren't good at. I told the story years ago, I was leading a group of people and I came up with all these really cool plans and really cool ideas. And when I look back at the crowd, their eyes are glazing over because they weren't connecting with me and I wasn't connecting with them. I came to the term of those who are not leading people, leaders who are not leading people are on long, lonely journeys. And that's when I changed my whole philosophy and got more educated and read more and learned more about how to serve others while leading. And it, it takes time. It takes maturity. It takes something to happen in order to get hit in the forehead <laughs> that you've got to change. Thanks. <laughs> McLaughlin just goes, wow, you can read. <laughs> hey, there were pictures. Okay, cool. As long as there's pictures, I'm good. If when you haven't read a Dalai Lama picture book, you, I mean, you've lived. <laughs> it really is. It's that desire to want to self-improve. And that's what I did. I refused to lead in a vacuum. I refused to do it. I used to do things on my own. And if success and failure of that project was on me, and when it didn't, I took it hard and I took it personal. And I fortunately still do. But now I'll say, hey, I'm working on a project. I want to bring people around me. And I want to synergistically build something or create something. It's just, it, to me, it's a maturity thing. It's a maturity thing. And something happens that you want to change and grow as a person. Because leaders realize that you can't lead by yourself. You got to have great people around you. And when you say you took it hard and took it personal, what does that look like to you? Oh, I was really hard on myself. Oh, like I said, I used to, I used to throw coffee cups. I used to, uh, I mean, and I knew that, I, that part of them, when I started to figure out that maybe this is a problem is when I left that position to, and I was promoted, my, my assistant at the time gave me a box of coffee cups. And they said, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, ha 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 joke. And I'm like, mm, this is personal. So that's when I, let me pick up a Stephen Covey. Let me pick up a Ziggler, a John Maxwell. And then that's when I went, decided to go to graduate school. Yeah. It's just, I'd be really angry and I'm not, I'm, I'm not angry anymore. I don't. And this isn't therapy, but I'm really curious. Was angry like with Jeff, the team, or just overall just rage at everything that was going on? Yeah. They like, they didn't do it right. They didn't do what I told them to do. They didn't do what I planned out. And damn it, Jeff, you, you failed. You, this, you could have done better. You should have done this better. You should have planned this out better. You should have gotten better people, blah, blah, blah. And it was the world's fault and my fault. And, but when I learned the whole servant leadership philosophy and started practicing of leading others who don't know they're being led, but being one of them and we as a team and recognize the team and, oh God, things are so much better. My face doesn't turn as red anymore, but we're also it's talking, blood pressure. we're also talking, say blood pressure. Yeah. so we're talking, uh, that was 21, 22 years ago. Sure. And listeners of the podcast know the coffee cup story. They know that it exists is because you've been not shy about telling, which is good because sharing those issues from our past help people understand they can correct behavior now, wherever they are. I'm not sure we ever took one step farther into why, why are coffee cups being chucked? So <laughs> I want to highlight that because again, our leaders who are getting anything from this it is that frustration with those people and yourself. There doesn't have to be one direction of your frustration. You need correction. So the introspection to understand where your frustration is, why it is, and not how to fix it, but just that you're interested in fixing it is a great outcome. And well, the, co right. the coffee cup was on my desk. The desk was too heavy to throw. Exactly. Yeah. 
and then both those things down in some places. It's just it's not amenable to chucking desks around. It's just, Correct. Oh, what's our thing? It's not desks, desks do more damage. Also to your lumbar situation. Correct. Um, yeah. Jeff Dyer, because I want to go with the Jeff, Jeff trifecta. Please, sir. Has introspection showed up in your leadership? Oh man, it it ashamedly took a while, Sam. I've always thought I was a continuous learner. Had that. The growth mindset, like Conroy, I wanted to learn and, and get better. So reading books and articles and meeting people and all that stuff. And it took me a while. You know, here's the shameful part. It took probably more than two decades for me to understand or realize that continuous improvement. I want to learn the growth mindset also included focusing inwards on my, on myself. I was very, continued to be at some levels today, very outward focused leader. And I think that's good. You need to be, but you, but I've learned that I need to spend time in introspection to, to even as simple as things as how'd that meeting go or boy, that conversation, how did that go? And I think my excuse is that I, I controlled it. So it's not really an excuse. I would jam my schedule. Let, let's say you have a, an hour long meeting and then I would book another meeting or a telephone call or something like that right after it and never had any time to really assess how did what I just did, how did it go? Or at the end of the day, after an 18 hour day, I, I had 12 cups of coffee. I didn't eat lunch and I ate dinner at 10 o'clock and now it's midnight. And I have to get ready for a 6 a.m. meeting. I never took the time to stop, yep. slow down, and think about how are things going? How am I doing? How did I respond? How could I have responded? All those things. And it took a very close confidant of mine to sit down over breakfast at 5 a.m., believe it or not, because I had a 6.30 meeting scheduled. To go, okay, what's going on here? And it got me to stop long enough to go, okay, part of this continuous learning means I need to be introspective and think about how it's affecting me. And I think that's one of the keys that that leaders miss a lot of the time. Yes. Um, and, and can once once you get it, and we can talk later about the different activities and skills to, to encourage that introspection. But I think it's one of the things that, once leaders get that, they up their leadership game by orders of magnitude and their leadership gets better. The organizations and people they lead get better. And probably most importantly, their own personal lives physically and mentally and emotionally get better too. So it took me a while to get there, unfortunately, but I'm there now. And it's one of the things I really love to, to help other leaders get that figured out because it pays huge dividends. For sure. And that was great. The one thing I, I like in there a lot is the idea that you were all about continuous improvement for other people. Not that yeah. you didn't need it, but that you didn't want to focus on you. And similar kind of thread, I like self-deprecating humor. Once in a while, I'll say something and my coaching friends will ask me, what would you say if a client said that? How would you yeah. react to that? And that reflection is huge in being able to be reset. And to your point about taking that time in the U.S. by capitalistic standards, there are very successful people who make a billion dollars a minute. 
all say the same thing, which is make time for reflection, make time to stop and think. And I'm not suggesting that if they can do it, you should too. But the implication is they are responsible for a lot of people in terms of keeping them gainfully employed and so forth. So if they're going to pause and not be so busy all the time in order to make sure they're going the right direction, there's room for each of us to take just a little bit and stop and think about where we're headed, why, and are we getting there? I appreciate that. Yeah, that's good. That's good stuff, Stan. I'll end with this part that I was so busy, I didn't think I had time to do it. Right. What I've found out is when I take time to to be introspective, magically, I get more done and I feel less busy. So it it is a superpower, a magic pill. You got to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And if you're keeping track at home on your scorecard or your bingo card, we're fresh out of Jeff's. So I need to turn to Ms. Myra and ask, what's your insight, Myra, on introspection and leadership capacity? I'm not sure there's anything left for me to say. You guys said it pretty much at all, covered all the bases. But what hit me is my situation was I was always really good at listening. I could always listen between the lines and curiosity is my middle name. I, I always want to know why and try to figure things out. What I didn't do was that to myself. And so what ended, long story short, it wasn't a pretty picture, but long story short is I ended up making decisions that were way outside of my, mm-hmm. of my values. I was out of alignment with who I was. And the more I got out of alignment with who I was as a leader, the worse the situation got. And unfortunately, it wasn't until it all blew up that I became introspective and the meditating, I meditated, I journaled, journaled is one of the best ways if you're not used to introspection is to just write down as it comes out of your head. Don't judge yourself. You'll be surprised how you can connect with your true self and figure out again, what are your values and like get back in alignment with who you are. And then as you go forward, then your introspection, you'll know what to align it with. And that was, I was aligning it with what other people wanted me to be. And if you haven't found out yet, everybody wants you to be something different. Yeah, everybody, if you're pulled in a hundred different directions that because they want you to be the best person for them. And as a strong leader, you've got to be your best self so that you can lead them as well. That's fabulous. Can we take a little bit of a dive here? As you mentioned, being out of alignment, doing things that didn't fit with who you are. And you have to give exact examples, but could you give an indication how you knew that was happening? Not in the moment because you were, maybe the moment, I guess, if you experienced it, but how did you know that was your behavior that was not where you wanted it to be? Because I was miserable, number one. I was miserable and my team fell apart. I didn't know why. I blamed them first. And then that didn't get me anywhere because I wasn't going to get it back together. It was a wake-up call to the fact that I wasn't living my values. I wasn't doing, I like to say, I wasn't living my purpose. What I was best at, I was living in fear that I wouldn't be who other needed me to be or wanted me to be, that I wouldn't have their approval, maybe, 
that I wouldn't be acceptable to them, whatever. There's a million of those that you've got to stand up and realize when you're completely out of alignment with who you are, the whole world will fall apart. The whole mm-hmm. world will fall apart. And when you learn to bring that back in, I love your illustration that you do. When you're out of alignment, everything is bad. You're unhappy and the world's bad. Everybody's bad and it's everybody's fault. But as you bring that in, you realize that it's your values, your life that you need to get aligned with. Then it, your forward direction becomes clear and, and people will respond to that. Always be. A first-class you, not a second-class somebody else. Absolutely. So as you hear Myra's words and you're thinking about her situation, I invite you to engage in a little bit of introspection right now because we can very easily dismiss discomfort by labeling it as episodic. Yes, I'm busy now, but as soon as this project is done, life will be better. Yep, everything's over. Yeah, it's a mess right in a second, but I've got a new boss coming and things will be great. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I haven't slept or exercised in six months, but just as soon as we get this contract, it's going to be better. What is stopping you right now from making just a small iterative change towards the positive? Accepting your exhaustion, accepting your burnout is going to get you down the same path of Dyer has described, the burnout, which is Hand on the door of the office or mouse of the computer log in and you think, what am I doing? What is this even for? We don't want that for you. We hope you don't want that for you either. A little introspection to think about who you are, what you want to be, and is that showing up every day? It'll be huge for you. And we want your success. So to that point, I want to make sure that we have one more quick round here on the introspection and a tool. In what capacities have you used the idea of introspection, maybe even in a group setting, to think through outcomes or possible paths? And I'll just open that up to the bullpen. Who has a comment they'd like to share? I just want, I'm going to not answer your question. Yes. I disregard your reality. I disregard, but I want to disregard your reality. Insert my own. What the coming back into alignment did for me. Excellent. It, It, I got excited about life again. I remain excited about life again. And when I start losing that excitement, I go back into what what's causing this? What Where am I going off? Where am I getting off path? Just feel like I needed to throw that in. Not an answer to your question, but I think it's important. Get it, If you're not excited about life, then please get into a practice of introspection because it is what will bring you back into to who you are. We only get one swing at this, at least in yeah. some belief systems. You only get one swing at it, but the one we have right now is the whole we have right now. So if we're not going to be a little bit insightful, it's going to be a difficult path for sure. So in terms of introspection as a tool or with groups, has anybody had experiences to that outcome? My personal experience with the resistance to introspection, Dr. Sam, it is that I thought I was too busy to do it. And I was busy. I still am busy. But we each get to define our own business. We each get to own our own schedule. We're not, we're not indentured servants where we're forced to do stuff. We're Americans, doggone it. And we're independent when us in particular in the Pacific Northwest seem more independent 
or at least our mindset is. And I thought I was too busy to be introspective and to, to journal and to have time to to think and ponder and that kind of stuff. And let me tell you, that's an out and out lie. Back to my analogy about the alligators. I wanted my life to be better, but I was fighting the alligators instead of draining the swamp so that the alligators would go away. I just don't accept it anymore. And this may be a little too frank, but I know you're busy. So what? Find some time to to be introspective. I, McLaughlin, I think, posted it here a little while ago. You, sh you should meditate or be introspective for 20 minutes every day. And if you don't have 20 minutes, then you should be in, in, introspective for two hours. Come on. Just well, what it take, what it took for me is just the decision to do it and to actually do it. I don't believe that people are too busy. It's just not that important. There you go. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of reasons, right? And you're not too busy. You're just, you've prioritized your life such that this isn't important to you. But yeah. I'm telling you, my experience, my story, and I don't think I'm alone. I didn't do it. And it was one of the big keys that led to burnout. And I'm not going back there. And so I know how to change, change that. When you said, I'm too busy, so what the Conrad just shared, I got down real quick. Is he doing what? And for what purpose? Right. Because, yeah, we could all be busy, but yeah. being busy wow. running around in circles, if that's not your job, it's just running around in circles. I've been busy. I've got a full calendar, but I can also right. say this and this are very important, so I need to be there. It's just, yep. what do you consider important? Then you're not that busy. Schedule that introspection time. I'm going to do it every day. Put that in your calendar for the next year and then schedule other stuff around it. Don't try and fit the introspection in an already full schedule. Because if you don't know how you think or what you feel about things, trying to make a decision is just based on the gut at the moment. There's not nearly as much intentionality if you haven't had that chance to reflect and plan. Yeah. But to that point, we've gone over time by about four hours. So we'll wrap it up. <laughs> Thank you for listening. We really appreciate that five-star review, sharing it to all your friends, family, and everybody else you think would love to hear it. And of course, let us know. Let us know if this landed for you, if there's other superpowers you'd like to discuss. And if you heard something in this episode that, man, that there's something there, email us. Ask us at leadershipbs.co and ask us a question or tell us your tale. We'd love to hear from you and it helps us continue to bring you fresh content, stay engaged and serve you the best way we possibly can. So we are No More Leadership BS and we will have a great time serving you in the next episode. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Bye.